3: Morning America. I'm Jay Christian Adams in for Sandy Rios again today. Be with you tomorrow too. Get well, Sandy. Things are going great there, I hope. I'm the president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation, PILF, which is the nation's only law firm dedicated exclusively to election integrity. And I was a former Justice Department lawyer and current commissioner of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. Thanks, to a presidential appointment by President Trump. I always have to say that third, can't be prominent according to commission rules, but I'm so glad to be here with you today. And we're gonna have a big guest today and tomorrow. Tomorrow, I teased it yesterday, and I can tell you now that we're gonna be joined by John Eastman uh, of recent news and fame a former lawyer of President Trump's. He'll be joining us tomorrow, Thursday, uh, when I host for Sandy Rios. Today, we're going to be joined by Ken Blackwell. Ken Blackwell, former Secretary of State of Ohio, uh, served with me on President Trump's Advisory Commission on Election Integrity. There's a story there. Just wait to hear it later this hour. And I want to hear from you at 188 589 8840 again 1885898840 thanks for all those twitter follows out there i am at election law ctr a lot of you joined in and followed uh, after yesterday's show thank you much some news bits some shocking news bits i guess if you haven't been paying too much attention in missouri a school asked teachers to remove pride flags from their classroom what why is it that These stories just get more ridiculous. And of course, you ask the question, why are there pride flags in the classroom? It says Springfield, uh, Missouri, protesters gathered at a high school, protesters, after a principal asked teachers to remove gay pride flags from the classrooms as the school year was beginning at Kickapoo High School in Springfield. Teachers were told to get rid of the flags because of a school district policy protest was organized by one Brett Baxley, a drag artist from Springfield who graduated from the district in 2018. Okay, look, you remember about 30 or 40 years ago, this movement would say things like, get out of our bedrooms, leave us alone, just stay out of our private lives. That was sort of their, their position. And I kind of want to say, okay, deal. got it. Uh, But now the private lives in the bedroom are showing up at Kickapoo High School in the classrooms. Right. What what does that have to do with education in high school? I mean, it is it's it's one thing to leave people alone. It's quite another thing to leave them alone and then have it shoved down your throat. It's sort of shouldn't there have been a deal here like you kind of get what you were saying 30 years ago, and we don't have to have this in classrooms. I mean, what, what other things could we hang inside a classroom that I kind of like? You know, maybe we can have a Minute Minuteman flag or a Gadsden flag or a, a Washington's Cruisers, and some of you out there know what I'm talking about. Guilford Courthouse flag, Pennsylvania Light Horse flag. There's lots of flags, but yet... The one in the classroom at Kickapoo High School is the pride flag. Don't expect this story to go away, by the way. Once good old uh, graduate, Brett Baxley, the drag artist who graduated and organized the protest, he's probably not done, even after the flags are removed. I suspect we're going to hear more about this. Another bit of news this morning from the irony department, NAACP leader quits over Racist marginalization. NAACP leader quits. The president of a local NAACP branch has resigned, saying that as a South Asian woman, she experienced racist marginalization from others in the NAACP. Wow, you don't, you don't figure. Vanessa Tulsi, an elected vice president of the Orange County, California branch of the NAACP, Became its leader in March and is quitting now. She was born in Trinidad and posted a resignation letter saying, I'll no longer tolerate any race racism against me. So she quits the NAACP. Well, there you go. Add that to the pile of examples where the NAACP is no longer about being colorblind. It's no longer about equality. It's no longer about treating other people like you want to be treated. It's about race spoils. That's the NAACP in 2022. They served a purpose once. That purpose is gone. I want to hear from you today at 1-88-589-8840. I'm Jay Christian Adams in for Sandy Rios. What do you make of the fact that these groups, no matter whether they're the NAACP or Brett Baxley, who's protesting? The removal of pride flags, they never seem to quit or they never seem to get satisfied. There's always more to be gained. There's always another hill to be conquered. And I wonder if that's simply because they're unreasonable or if it's something else. We're going to be joining the next segment with by Ken Blackwell, and I want to set this up a little bit. Ken Blackwell, former Secretary of State of Ohio soldier in the cause of freedom, Ken Blackwell and I were appointed to President Trump's Presidential Advisory Commission on election integrity. Now, some of you have heard about this and heard me talk about it, but it boils down to this. We were going to look at how elections were run in the United States, and we were going to look at where there could be voter fraud How we could find the voter fraud, or I like to call it now election crimes, and what could be done about it to shore up the system. So President Trump appointed me, President Trump appointed Ken Blackwell, President Trump appointed Hans von Spakovsky, who's been a guest on this show. Also, Chris Kobach was appointed, but it was chaired by Vice President Mike Pence. So there's a story here to be told and we'll get to the full story in the next hour, but I want to pose the question now, why is it that anybody starts looking at problems in the system, failures in the system, vulnerabilities in the system, that they're immediately branded as a the insurrectionist, you know, back in 2020, the Public Interest Legal Foundation sued Pennsylvania. And I'll never forget a hearing that we were in in federal court where we presented data of 25,000 dead registrants who were on the active voter rolls. And some of these registrants not only voted after they were dead, they actually registered after they were dead. Think about that. Voting is one thing, but going out and registering to vote after you've been dead, is quite another. And we had a court hearing in Pennsylvania in 2020 seeking an injunction to do something about this before the election as opposed to after. The federal judge asked, if you've got people registering after death on your list, it makes me question your data. And to tell you the truth, I wondered too, because I had never heard about registering after death. And one of the names on that list who registered after they were dead was a woman named Judith Presto. Judith Presto had died in 2013, was registered to vote in 2020, and in fact, ended up voting. Now, we didn't know it at the time because the court hearing was before the election. By the way, this is what the Public Interest Legal Foundation does, is we bring credible cases to improve the system. And the federal judge wasn't buying it, that people could be registering after death. Well, turns out they're doing it. Turns out Judith Presto's husband registered after she was dead and voted for her in 2020. He was arrested. He was arrested. So it's one of these examples where everybody says that can't be right where you're just making stuff up about election crimes, and it turns out it was true. Now, I think it's important to draw a distinction between allegations and proven facts. That's incredibly important, because if you just make allegations like frequently happen, and then nothing is ever proven or established, then it undermines the entire effort. If you cry wolf, everyone suffers, because we don't get at the truth. But in this particular case, at least Judith Presto was voting after death. And it's surprisingly easy to register after death. Because clearly the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania wasn't doing anything to catch it. Clearly the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania didn't seem to care. And their systems were failing. So we need to ask the question, how is it that people can register after death and nobody notices? Well... They're not using good data. They're not screening their applicants. And they're only looking at people who are on the rolls, not looking at people who want to want to get on the rolls. That's how this happened. That's how it happened, is because state election officials do not check every single registrant. They don't check them for citizenship, because largely they can't. They don't check them to see if they're alive. They do that after they get on the voter rolls. And what happens in an election is there's a crush of registrations at the end. A crush. Some states, they don't even have registration. You just go walk up and vote. North Dakota, New Hampshire, Minnesota, which cost Norm Coleman a Senate seat to Al Franken, the clown, Saturday Night Live clown. And Norm Coleman lost that seat because of same-day registration. Because people just walked up and voted and registered at the same time. And it turns out over a thousand ineligible felons voted in that election. And I don't need to tell you for whom they voted. It was not the Republican Norm Coleman. And that's what cost the Minnesota Senate seat to Al Franken the Clown. And cost the United States Obamacare. Because he became the 60th vote in the Senate to overcome the filibuster and impose Obamacare on the United States because of same-day voter registration and the inability to validate and verify the people who just walk up and vote. You see how this works? The system is set up in many places to exacerbate vulnerabilities. And so... We're going to talk with Ken Blackwell in the next segment about the people who exacerbate these vulnerabilities and you might be surprised to learn who some of them are. Want to take your calls too, 188-589-8840. I'm Jay Christian Adams. I'm in for Sandy Rios on American Family Radio. What's going on out there? We have an election this year. Are things better than they were in 2020? Short answer in some places, in other places, they're not. And unfortunately, in some of the places that are not better are some of the most important places. For example, Michigan, Pennsylvania, places where the presidency is won or lost. There's big, big, big problems. And there's also big, big, big money making sure those problems stay in place. We're going to talk all about that next with Ken Blackwell. I'm Jay Christian Adams on American Family Radio. We'll be back right after this.
1: If you are 65 or older, you know this, it's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, just watching your hard-earned dollars flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option. It's called MediShare 65+. And MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. It really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. Medishare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years, and you can use your Medicare-approved doctor. And you also get telehealth 24/7 service, so you don't have to leave your home for the little stuff. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at Medishare. They're easy to talk to. Call 833-45. Bible. That's 833-45-BIBLE, 833 bible This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down each day from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders.
0: Today, we pray for Thea Lee, Deputy Undersecretary for International Affairs at the Bureau of International Labor Affairs. Her office works to enforce trade commitments, strengthen labor standards, and combat child labor and human trafficking. 1 Timothy 518 reminds us of the importance of fair working standards. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the laborer deserves his wages. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Thea Lee as she advocates for workers. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. This is an important election year in your
1: state and all across the country, and we're joining together to Pray the Vote. Details at pause
4: Hello Americans, I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is,
2: is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really
4: affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Dr. Andrew Fox has been the lead chaplain for the fire department in Austin, Texas for eight years. But he was fired after writing a blog post about how men should not compete on women's athletic teams. His personal opinion and blog had offended LGBT firefighters. Chaplain Fox was given the opportunity to recant his personal beliefs and apologize to the gay community. But the chaplain refused, and so he was ordered to turn in his uniform and leave the fire department, ending a career filled with commendations from City Hall. Alliance Defending Freedom is representing the chaplain. They filed a federal lawsuit alleging his First Amendment rights had been violated. A few days after he was fired, the chaplain was summoned to the scene of a drowning. First responders had wanted him to pray, but when they learned he had been fired, the chaplain was told to stand down, which speaks to the lack of compassion among the Austin Fire Department's gay staffers. I'm Todd Stearns.
0: Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Good
3: morning, America. I'm Jay Christian Adams in for Sandy again. So great for you to join us. I want to hear from you at one 589 We've been talking about how... All of these forces are organized against, in this case, election integrity, and how money and power, and in some cases, having the ability to steer and destroy an effort to investigate problems in the system, frequently triumphs, frequently carries the day. And I can't think of a better example of that than the Presidential Advisory Commission on Election Integrity. And we're going to learn a little more about this group. I shared with you in the last segment that Ken Blackwell is going to be joining us. And indeed, uh, Ken, good morning. Are you there? Hey, Ken. Yes. Hey, Ken, we hear you. Uh, Ken Blackwell is former Secretary of State of Ohio. And Ken, you and I both served on President Trump's Presidential Advisory Commission right after he got elected. And we were talking in the last segment about all of the forces arrayed against examining vulnerabilities in our election system. And I thought maybe you could share a little bit with the listeners about what the Presidential Advisory Commission on Election Integrity was and then we can talk about what happened to it.
7: <laughs> the, the 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 commission uh, first was founded on a fundamental understanding that the the foundation of the American system of self governance is liberty, and the core expression of that liberty is in the people's being in, 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 the people being able to vote for their representation in free fair, and honest elections. Uh, and so th- this commission was established to, to take a look uh, at uh, various tracks uh, involved in securing uh, honest elections. That is, you know, the chain of custody uh, and verification systems to make sure voters were who they claimed to be. Uh, and, and, and President Trump pulled together a bipartisan group of experts. Uh, I think the problem became that these folks were so experts in shining lights into deep corners that it frightened the left. And they mobilized all of their forces uh, to entangle the commission in in lawsuits, Uh, so much so uh, that eventually uh, the president decided to sort of free us to go back into uh, the open marketplace. To do our business and not be tied up in a litigation strategy uh, by, by by the left, uh, but this was a uh, this was founded to make sure that you know we found ways to make it easy to vote and hard to cheat uh, in in elections to build voter confidence in the results of elections, and as you know, Christian, uh, voter confidence in the results of elections. Uh, ha- has, has been eroding uh, for for not just one or two years or one or two elections but for now decades uh, and so uh, you and I and Hans and a mem- and, and a number of the folks on this commission uh, have been looking at at, at ways uh, to to make sure that we not only uh, protected uh, access to the ballot box we in fact, Protected uh, the, the the honest elections, or excuse me, uh, honest votes cast from being negated by dishonest votes that have been cast.
3: Right, and can the commission? We met twice. One time we met in the uh, at the near the White House in the old Executive Office Building. That was the initial meeting. Uh, the President Trump came to. Then we had a a meeting in New Hampshire. One of the members of the commission was the Democrat secretary of state of New Hampshire. Uh, And I I remember well, because the airline lost my luggage. And so the next day I was there in like (laughs) polo and jeans at the commission meeting. But putting that aside, at the time we had, I think, like 12 or 13 lawsuits filed against us by left wing groups. And we'll get to the left wing groups model in a minute. And what it resulted in, I'll never forget, is we sort of had, do you remember that DOJ lawyer minder who like followed <laughs> us around and remember and, and like sat yeah. in on all of our discussions? Uh, I'm not exactly sure if she was the most conservative or sympathetic to our cause. And we always had to be wary of litigation. Like there was a time, Ken, I, I'm, it's coming back to me now, too, that we would send an email to each other, members of the commission and we, we got it down to like four hours before it would be leaked. Like we, we kept trying to see how fast can we get this email leaked. And I think we got it down to four hours. We were four under hours. assault continuously, weren't we?
5: Oh,
7: Absolutely. You know, uh, one of the things that I was reminded of in, in, in during that period was something that my father once told me. And that was that dogs don't bark at parked cars. Uh, and apparently we weren't parked. We were on the move <laughs> because the dogs were barking. Uh and, and you're absolutely right. They 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 laid traps at every turn for us. They they actually perfected uh the art of harassment uh and 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 as a as a consequence uh I, it was at that point that I began to understand just to what ends the left would go to keep voting rolls that were corrupted, you know, to loosen the chain of custody, to take advantage of any crisis, to create a system that was, you know, uh, more open to their manipulation.
3: We're on with Ken Blackwell, former Ohio Secretary of State, former member of the Pri- Presidential Advisory Commission on Election Integrity, and, and, a, and a biography too long The to list. Uh, can you know, there's been some articles in the last couple of days. I don't know if you've picked up on these and we haven't had a chance to talk, but a couple of articles I've been seeing lately seems to be aiming the demise of this commission very deliberately at the vice president. And that came as a sort of a surprise to me um, that some sort of coordinated effort to blame. I don't know if you've seen these two. And I mean, Vice President well, Pence, not... Kamala Harris.
7: Yeah, I, I, I saw uh, briefly and I was going to go back to it, uh, the uh, 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 an article in the American uh, conservative uh, that uh, essentially, you know, let's, let's put it in, in full perspective. The vice president was actually the uh, ceremonial or titular head of the commission. Uh, we had our colleague from from Kansas that was the vice chairman who actually was sort of the COO of the commission because day-to-day day, uh, he, he, he ran or chaired uh, the, the commission. Uh, but, you know, I, again, I, it's, it's hard for me to get my arms wrapped around uh, the fact that this was some deliberate uh, executed uh, uh, plot by the vice president. Now the vice right. president might have been one of the quicker um, uh, proponents of throwing in the towel, uh, and so that's 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 to be seen. And we can we can look backward in the rearview mirror and and try to do that analysis. But I I don't think he was an architect uh, right. of, of the of our, of our of our commission's
3: destruction. Can any any time that I'm lucky enough to guest host for Sandy? I, I try to impress upon the audience that what is happening in the country is not just sort of like the you know the wind deciding to blow or uh, the trees growing on their own uh, <laughs> in other words there's people out there fertilizing these trees and there's people out there and groups and money uh, who are steering the course of the decay of of fundamental aspects of our civilization whether it's Teaching about the founders, whether it's breaking up the family, whether it's undermining our elections, and we saw that firsthand on the advisory commission with all these different plaintiffs suing us. Could you could you give the listeners a sense of the architecture and infrastructure that is out there? So this is not just accidental.
7: Yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's I think it's important that we do what you. Just mentioned, and and that is to talk about the intentionality uh, of uh, the the left. Remember, uh, our constitutional republic is is is, is unique, uh, and it is antithetical to collectivists. It's antithetical to the hard left, of uh, embracers of big government socialism. Uh, and so they have uh every tool in their toolbox that they will use to uh dismantle our constitutional uh re- re- republic uh so it, the intentionality uh aspect of it's is, it's smart for us to understand because we can then start to look at where they are who they are and and what they do, what they are doing and 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 push and, and push back uh, but I, I, I will tell you that uh, there are folks uh, behind the curtain uh, that their objective is the fundamental transformation and destruct, destruction and, and transformation of our constitutional republic into a system that is run uh, by a, a left-leaning elite of uh, what I would call the the, the managers of the uh, the uh, administrative uh, the administrative state, uh, and and so this is this is a clash of worldviews that we are seeing played out in many theaters. Whether it is you know the destruction of the family because they understand and we understand that the family is the incubator of liberty, and if you're talking about the Communist Chinese. If you're talking about the bourgeois of the old Soviet Union, uh, their objective was to destroy the family and to to destroy uh, the independence of individuals and make them more dependent on the state. And it's no better way to do that than in the the that in the, uh, uh, the 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 cradle of uh, of uh, how kids are are brought up uh, and in those cases it was by the state as opposed to the uh, to to family what we all can i I, uh,
3: i'm sorry a story that i have told the listeners before but i'll share with you because it'll it'll resonate and and probably linger uh we Mm -hmm. have good friends who who defected from poland and they tell the story of growing up in communist poland how bad the tv was right like you got shows about Mm -hmm. potato production Mm -hmm. and the five-year plan and tv was just horrible in Poland, as a kid, except one time during the week. You know what that one time was? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Sunday morning, they play Disney movies. Yeah. That was yes, the one right. time that po- the Polish officials uh, brought TV into the 20th century, and that was to keep the kids uh, at home complaining Out about of, going to right. church.
7: That's right. So, well, and because you, you you just you just you just nailed yeah, it. Uh, there, there are two objectives. Uh, destroy the family and run God and faith out of the public square, because what these what these collectivists don't want you to appreciate, what these communists and socialists don't want you to appreciate is that our fundamental freedoms are not grants from the state; they're gifts from God. And if in fact you you see that and and get people to believe that they are grants from government then government becomes God.
3: Well, right. And that's why you see the demise of things like Catholic hospitals and uh, charity, because it's all taken over by bureaucrats in Washington, D.C., which, by the way, I can tell you, we did a show yesterday, Ken. I was sharing with the listeners uh, the fact that that federal bureaucrats still aren't going back to work and they're making a whole lot of money doing it, Uh, as you know, uh it it's a lot easier to make $150,000 a year in uh, uh Arlington, Virginia than it is in Buchanan, West Virginia. And so we see that uh we see that in Washington where federal offices still aren't opened up. They're still closed for COVID. And it's astonishing. Go ahead.
7: No, no, I said you're you're absolutely right. And 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 and, and because they create the 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 false crisis one of the things they do is that they start to zero in on the most vulnerable voters, and as you and I know uh through our work uh <clears throat> with with the public interest legal foundation you know, that that you that you lead it they they look at vulnerable voters and so they target in on on nursing homes and and the residents there uh and uh they 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 use every twist and turn of public policy uh, to protect outdated and bloated voter rolls. You know, what was that? Willie Sutton was once asked, why did he rob banks? He said, because that's where the money is. Why does the left want to keep, you know, voting rolls bloated and corrupt? Because that's where the opportunity to guide elections, to turn elections that are within the margin of litigation in their direction.
3: We've been visiting with Ken Blackwell. Ken, thank you so much for joining me when I'm hosting for Sandy Rios. Uh, it's great to have you. Uh, I'm sure you'll be back on this show a time when I am not, or maybe next time I'm on. So thank you very much, Ken, for joining us today.
7: Love working with Chris.
3: Thanks, Ken. We'll be back with your calls, I promise. one 589 8840 You guys are up next. On American Family Radio, I'm Jay Christian Adams.
4: Find peace in God's word. In Nahum 1-3, the Lord has his way in the whirlwind. Frequently in life, we find ourselves in a whirlwind, don't we? Really, the wording means His way prevails even over above the storms of the whirlwind. God is in control. He has his way even above the noise of the storm. Don't miss Exploring the Word with Dr. Alex McFarland weekdays at 3 p.m. Central on AFR or catch up with the podcast at AFR.net.
0: AFR programming is now available on Alexa.
3: You're joking, right?
0: Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill.
3: Wait a minute. No way.
0: There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The book of Proverbs is one that flows with abundant insight for wisdom. It shows that one of the most prominent qualities of wise people is that they welcome and even celebrate life-giving correction. In today's world, overrun by cultural Marxism, there is much discussion as to what segments of our society hate themselves. Well, Proverbs gives the answer. He who rejects life-giving correction despises himself. The truest demonstration of self-hatred is revealed by knuckleheads who refuse to humble themselves and embrace life-giving correction. Loving rebuke saves lives. Correction
1: displays love. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American
6: Family Association. One of the special things about our tour of Israel is the uh, clean sheets and the hot water in our hotels. And we pride ourselves on providing that to all the folks who travel with us to Israel. So if you'd like clean sheets and hot water, see, I got your attention, didn't I? Got your attention. This is not just another one of Tim's Holy Land Tour spots. I got you to listen to it. So I'm like that billboard that you read on the side of the road and said, I got you to read it. Hey, if you want to go with us to Israel uh, in March... We're over halfway full. We probably won't be promoting this more than another month, and we'll be full, quite frankly. So for all the information, go to twholyland.com, twholyland.com, twholyland.com. For the dates, the cost, the itinerary, everything you need to know is at that website. It's going to be a wonderful time with brothers and sisters from around the country traveling to the Holy Land, and we hope you'll join us.
2: This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Tony Fauci's announcement yesterday that he would finally step down from a public health post that he has parlayed over 38 years into one of the most powerful and the highest compensated in the federal administrative state is a kind of Rorschach test. Those who have seen Dr. Fauci as the heroic scientist who valiantly and successfully led the response to the COVID-19 pandemic are anguished by his retirement in December. For those of us perceiving him instead, as the villainous uber-bureaucrat whose role reflected not hard science, but personal calculation and benefit, his departure is long overdue and can't come soon enough. The question is, will Fauci be held accountable, for example, for the consequences of his enabling the Chinese Communist Party's biological warfare program to use U.S. funds and technology to create the coronavirus that has killed a million of us? This is Frank Gaffney.
0: Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Good
3: morning, America. Jake Christian Adams in for Sandy Rios this morning. Guest hosting for Sandy. Tomorrow also, join us tomorrow, I'll have John Eastman joining us. Yes, that John Eastman is going to be joining us tomorrow here. On Sandy Rios in the morning. Thank you very much for your calls. We're taking them at one eight eight five eight nine eighty eight forty. We're going to get to them now. Deborah in Florida, what do you have to say?
5: Uh, yes, about the voting fraud. It's very rampant, and I know a lot of stories about the nursing home. But that's um, what I was calling in for. Is there was a case several years ago, or maybe more than several years ago, of a woman that was voting in Florida, as well as Cockeysville, Merlin. Now, nothing was done about it until she had the audacity to run for a, an um, office, a public office, up in Colorado Congress. Congress. She ran for Congress. Yeah, it, it was not the one you remember then. I couldn't remember. Oh,
3: yeah. I, Wendy I, I mean, Rosen anything, is her name, I think.
5: Uh, as I said, Win- I, I forgot her name, but I, I remember Keith Maryland, because I've been up there, um, for being from Washington, D.C., Maryland area. So I don't know what—did What, what did you know what she— uh, Yep,
3: I sure do know. What, So Wendy Rosen was the nominee for the Democrats, I think, in the first congressional district in Maryland, and she was voting both in Maryland and in Florida in 2012, same federal election for Barack Obama twice. She was prosecuted under state law. I can't remember if it was Maryland or Virginia state law for voting twice. Of course, not federal law because Barack Obama was the president, and no voter fraud or election crimes prosecutions took place. When Barack Obama was president, we can't have any of that now because otherwise it ruins the fake narrative that there is no problem with election crimes. So she was prosecuted under state law and she was basically given a slap on the wrist. And what was telling about the Wendy Rosen prosecution for voting twice in the same election was how proud she was, how proud she was that she voted twice twice. And she said she loved Barack Obama so much that she wanted to vote for him twice. Rather than being an aggravating factor in her sentencing, in other words, the naked, joyful attempt to violate the law should get her more jail time, she was given a slap on the wrist. And so that's the story of Wendy Rosen. Uh, Typical, not a surprise, but indicative of the problem we're having. I'm Jay Christian Adams. Uh, Bob, you're in Ohio. Good morning. You're on American Family Radio. Hello. Hey, Bob, go ahead. Uh,
5: what I'm trying to find out or if it can be done compile a list of all the dead people in different districts and have uh, retirees volunteer to check these with the voting. Uh, uh, I guess it's uh, the people that's really alive, and take the ones that are dead and cross them off, just take them out of the, the system. Is okay. That possible?
3: Well, let me give you some good news, Bob, and I hadn't hadn't mentioned this hardly at all this show. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, that's Public Interest Legal Foundation, of which I am the president of, has already done that at great expense, I might add. The Public Interest Legal Foundation took all the voter rolls in the country, and we did a lot of effort to find the dead people. I'm telling you, it's not easy. You have to spend a lot of money digging into a lot of very expensive deep databases. There's no you know, single uh, uh, list in the sky that will tell you who's dead. And the Public Interest Legal Foundation, otherwise known as PILF, went and did this. And we have sued states such as Pennsylvania to get these voters removed. And we are currently in very expensive litigation with the state of Michigan, that's Public Interest Legal Foundation versus Michigan, over their refusal and failure to remove known dead registrants. So the good news is, Bob, that the Public Interest Legal Foundation is already doing this. The bad news is that it's expensive and time-consuming. So these cases don't solve overnight. Now, some states are good. They take the lists that they get and they do something about it. They do something about it after they hear that they have lots of dead people on the rolls. So I I guess the the short version is, Bob, that PILF is already doing this. That's what we do. And we'll keep on doing it, uh, hopefully in a, in a, in a, A town near you. So thank you very much for the call, Bob. Michael, you're in Texas. Uh, What do you have to say this morning on American Family Radio?
5: Good morning, and thank you for taking my call. Uh, We need to get back to the original paper ballots. We need to stop this electronic uh, balloting, uh, because electronics can be hacked. They can be changed. And um, there was a president... That was asked about that question about dead people voting, and the president said, "Any American uh, shouldn't have the right to vote, no matter what their condition." Thank you for taking my call.
3: Right, Michael. Okay, so I agree with you to some extent about the electronic voting, but let me uh, let me let me tell you the best system of voting, and we'll work backward from there. The very, 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 very best way to run an election is you fill out a paper ballot with an oval and you have something other than a human count it. You you cannot have humans tabulating the election because I have seen when I was a justice department lawyer in the voting section for the United States Department of Justice doing election monitoring, in other words I go stood in the polls with like a badge kind of and watched people run their election as part of my job, I watched human beings changing the votes on paper ballots when they counted them. And they were doing it in an outlandish way, a deliberate, ridiculous, outlandish way. The X would be on Joe Smith and they would give the vote to Sally Jones. Paper ballots counted by humans is the favorite way of third world dictators to run an election so they can stay in power. The best way to run an election is a paper ballot like you want. You fill it out and you have something other than humans tabulated. Now, if there is a dispute like, oh, the machine changed everything, which, by the way, there's never been an election where a court has decided that occurred. But let's just pretend The machine changed the election. You can go back and count the paper ballots by hand if you have to. That's the best way to run an election. I've been in the polls watching elections for a very long time, over 25 years. And I will tell you that paper ballots counted by humans is the absolute worst way to run an election. The best way is a paper ballot counted by somebody other than humans. Ron, you're in Alabama. You're on with Jay Christian Adams on American Family Radio this morning. Good morning.
5: Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, from my perspective, I, I don't, I don't see where conservatives with uh, a platform that reaches massive amounts of people, you know, American people, uh, are, are framing. The issues with using the right words or, or, you know, for example, like progressive and socialist or liberal. I, the, 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 the opposition has gone way, way, way past that. I, I think it's time now to, to use the real, the more realistic would be Marxist, communist. And the reason I say that is because of their tactics. That's exactly what they're
3: using the Marxist rule book, playbook, to a T. Right. Right. And and I'd like to use the word destroyers because they're trying to destroy the greatest system of government, the the freest country ever. You know, there's more there's more human liberty and production and goodwill in the United States of America than had ever existed on the face of the earth. In fact, a little exercise for you guys if you like movies. If you want to see the alternative to America over the course of the millennia, go watch the new movie called The Northman. I know a lot of you don't like movies. I get it. But The Northman is a movie about what the world would be like if America didn't exist. Now, that's not the purpose of the movie. This is This is not the movie A World Without America. It's what you can experience. Most human beings over the course of of history have experienced, if you watch this movie, The Northman. It is a barbaric, violent, cruel, pagan world. It is a world where life hangs in the balance every second of the day, where a barbarian mob can kick in your door, burn your village, make you a slave, crucify you because of your beliefs, burn you alive. Do I need to continue? You get the point. America stands in opposition of everything that came before it. Where your children can play in parks free from fear where you can pursue your dreams and worship your God and speak your will. So everything that came before America is dark and bleak, painful and destructive. So I think you're right. We need to, we need to call it what it is. The people who want to have the federal government take more control of things have the same DNA, I'm not saying they're the same, but have the same pedigree as all of those monsters throughout history who took away your liberty of your ten times over grandparents, whether it's getting slaughtered by the Mongols in Eastern Europe, were burned at the stake, were drawn and quartered at Tyburn Tree. The history of the world is a dark place until America. And I don't care how many academics in Harvard and Berkeley want to oppose me on that. I'm right. And so it's up to all of you out there to preserve it. And you don't preserve anything by doing nothing. Next time somebody says something like, oh, you know, a boy is not a boy, can be anything, say it's not true. Stand up for yourself. Stand up for the principles that made this country great and blessed this planet with the greatest flourishing of human liberty that has ever been. Mark, you're in Oklahoma. Good morning. You're on American Family Radio.
5: Thank you for having me on this morning. Um, I have a comment that uh, I think the American public is being duped of what a true insurrection is. If you take a look at what happened to Donald Trump's home and true insurrection, and I really can't believe something happened in my lifetime. I'm 66 years old. I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. And I just wanted to comment that people are so confused on that. It's just and Well, Mark, you're breaking
3: just, up a little bit there, but you're talking about a true insurrection and, and, and you know, the historical context of that. Uh, just maybe a good place to tease that tomorrow we will have as a guest here. Uh, not only will I be guest hosting for Sandy, but our guest will be John Eastman, and he'll be joining us tomorrow here on American Family Radio. John, you're in Mississippi. We're talking about dead voters, and, uh, and you, uh, you had some ideas on how to get them cleaned up.
5: I think that when they're issued a death certificate, they send one to Social Security if they're drawing Social Security.
3: Right, and that's one ought- of the tools that the Public Interest Legal Foundation uses to find dead voters. Is that's a, It's called the Social Security Death Index. SSDI, the problem with the Social Security Death Index is it doesn't look backwards, meaning if someone died 11 years ago, uh, they're not showing up on the regular updates. And two, and two, uh, it, uh, um, not everybody applies for Social Security death uh, benefits. So in any event, I'm Jay Christian Adams. It's been a treat to be with you today. Sorry I could not get to all of your calls today. We'll be back again tomorrow. I'll be hosting again for Sandy. We'll also have famous constitutional lawyer John Eastman will be joining us tomorrow. Until then, you're listening to American Family Radio. Have a great day, everybody.
1: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast